December usually sees the majority of its gains the second half of the month. We all think December is usually this great month, and it is a strong month, not minimizing it. But if you look at the calendar, the gains usually happen late. At the same time, we rarely see this big of a drop in December or this much volatility to the downside, specifically in December. So it's a unique year. From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm John Lynch. And I'm Ryan Dietrich. On the line, we have Jeff Bookbinder up in Boston. How you doing, Jeff? Doing great, Ryan. Uh, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Jeff. It's Outlook Day, which we'll talk briefly on, but it's a big day here at LPL Research. We just released our 2019 Outlook. Jeff, how's your morning going with the Outlook? We're a little busy, aren't we? We, we are. We just talked about it on our uh, morning call, and now we're just uh, starting to see the social media activity around uh, the launch. It's it's one of my favorite days of the year. Really proud of the product we put out, and certainly our creative folks did a spectacular job on it. That's right. So, Jeff, you know, this week on LPL Market Signals, we're going to talk briefly about the um, outlook, which was just released. We're also going to focus on recent volatility and some of the recent weakness we continue to see in equity markets. We have a Fed interest rate decision this week on Wednesday. Going to touch on that. Uh, Brexit in China. So Brexit's in the news. China continued slowdowns. Kind of take a little more of a global look than maybe we usually do most weeks since John's uh, not on the call this week. And finally, we'll finish up with a potential government shutdown, which could happen uh, Friday at midnight. So Jeff, first things first. Um, You know, last week, stocks sold off late. We had gains most of the week. Friday saw a big drop lower. You know, that came on the heels of one of the worst weekly drops ever the previous week where the S&P dropped, or not ever, but for the year where the S&P dropped 4.6%. So we just can't seem to get stocks to bounce. We get a little bit of good news, and then we just trickle back lower just as quickly. What do you think it all means for investors here? Are we going to finally find that elusive bottom sometime in December, or is it just more choppy frustration uh, in the cards for us? Sure. We, we do think we'll be a little higher uh, at the end of the year than we are now. It's disappointing that the market didn't respond more favorably to really good news on two fronts. Uh, the trade dispute with China, uh, the tone there has gotten a little better. We started to see some compromise. The two sides are talking. And so um, we're, we're, not, we're not there yet, but certainly it's good to see uh, some progress. And then um, the Federal Reserve, which we also want to spend a little time on, certainly they backed off of their previous more hawkish comments and uh, are are signaling a slower trajectory uh, to rate hikes. That certainly should be uh, positive for stocks, and yet um, we we got just more uh, volatility. So it wasn't quite enough for um, investors to to really embrace stocks last week, uh, but hopefully we'll we'll regain our footing this week and uh, put in some lows. That's right. You know, I mean, the headlines that we were seeing last week on Friday after the big drop on Friday for stocks was worst start to the month of December since 1980. I mean, we've laid out many reasons. You know, usually December is a pretty solid month. You have the Santa Claus rally. People are feeling good. Uh, There's just not a lot of volume, so you tend to get a little upward bias. And it is true since 1950, you know, no month has been up more on average than December for the S&P. And no month has a higher average return than December. So, you know, after nine trading days, the S&P was down close to 6% so far in 2018. Again, the only time that we had a worse start recently uh, was 1980. I was playing with some numbers this morning, Jeff. I said, you know, the good news, the rest of the month after that very poor start 1980, the S&P jumped over 6.6% for the month. So, you know, I'm not saying we're going to stop believing in Santa Claus yet. And historically speaking, we'll have this chart actually 
on lplresearch.com on our blog on Wednesday, but also in the notes from today's podcast. It takes a look at the fact that December usually sees the majority of its gains the second half of the month. We all think December is usually this great month, and it is a strong month, not minimizing it. But if you look at the calendar, the gains usually happen late. At the same time, we rarely see this big of a drop in December or this much volatility to the downside, specifically in December. So it's it's a unique year, uh, you know, frustrating year. At the end of the day, Jeff, I mean, as you and I are speaking, you know, S&P is down a little bit on a total return basis for the year. Um, you know, but put that in perspective. You know, Jeff, we gained 20% last year. We're seeing some really solid earnings growth, the fundamentals. You know, I mean, is a flat year really that bad if that's kind of where we end up this year? Well, I certainly would have hoped for better, given uh, the fundamental picture. Uh, the, the good news, as I see it, is um, we're, we're in a period where uh, seasonally we should be up, right? We think there's going to be a trade deal, solid earnings growth, inflation's cooperating, concerns about the Fed and a policy mistake are really uh, ebbing. Uh, so, you know, continued solid economic growth in the U.S., economic fundamentals here are still quite good. So, um, you know, I don't want to minimize the slowdown in China and, and, and in Europe. We're certainly seeing that. But all in all, the fundamentals, uh, we think, point to gains for this year, not not declines. If it turns out that we've just delayed those gains, maybe we pushed them out into 2019, that's okay. Uh, as we note in our outlook, we think the cycle's got a ways to run. So uh, maybe we're just sort of putting those those gains uh, on hold here temporarily, and we'll and we'll see them next year. That's right, Jeff. You know, you mentioned the outlook. So again, we just released the outlook on Monday, uh, December seventeenth, and the title is Outlook twenty nineteen fundamental: How to focus on what really matters in in the markets. So again, you know, we'll just touch on the outlook maybe now. We kind of already have, and you know, later this week, uh, John and myself are going to record a podcast specifically diving into uh, the outlook. But like you said, Jeff, you know, the bottom line, we continue to see record earnings growth. You know, we still see the positives on the fiscal policy, whether it be the tax reform, business spending, potential strong consumer spending next year in 2019. You know, Jeff, what, is there going to be a recession next year? I'll give you a layup here. I, I think the answer is hopefully no. But, you know, we don't think you see a recession, right? So tell us a little more about the fundamentals for next year from our outlook. Sure, Ryan. We don't see a recession. Uh, we look at a lot of leading indicators. None of them are, are flashing red. Our favorite one is the leading economic index, which is still growing nicely. So we think we'll maybe slow a little bit from GDP growth in 2018, but still solid growth. Uh, we are forecasting 2.5 to 2.75 uh, GDP growth next year. Certainly a little disappointed with what we've seen out of uh, Europe and China. Um, we're still talking about in general, a couple percentage points of growth in developed international markets, uh, potentially, or at least approaching that. And then another year of solid economic growth in emerging markets broadly, even though China's slowing, you know, 5% plus is pretty That's solid right. growth for an economy of, of that size. Uh, so um, uh, while growth is maybe going to slow a little bit from 18, it's still solid. And uh, as the market gets comfortable with that slowdown and prices it in, and frankly, maybe we're getting close to there because um, valuations on U.S. stocks have come down quite a bit. We basically clipped four points off of the market's price-to-earnings ratio uh, for the S&P. We've essentially gone from 19 to 15, so uh, certainly a more 
muted outlook is is being priced in there, and that may set us up for for gains in 2019 as we get through some of these main concerns uh, in markets. Certainly, we've talked about trade and the Fed here a little bit. Uh, you've got uh, Brexit as well. Uh, many other geopolitical issues that we think will will maybe percolate uh, throughout next year, but uh, we don't see anything driving us into recession or preventing stocks in the U.S. from moving higher. Yeah, that's interesting, Jeff, on the P multiples from 19 to 15. I guess when you have a relatively flat market with 20-plus percent earnings growth, that's uh, that's what you get. Now, let's dive into some of those things you just mentioned, Jeff. You mentioned the Fed and Brexit and China. Let's talk about the Fed, for instance. This Wednesday, there's a very good likelihood the Fed will raise rates another quarter point. It'll be the ninth hike uh, going back the last three years, the Fed started hiking rates December 2015, so the third year anniversary of that rate hike cycle. And as we said, you know, the, on early October, the uh, Fed Chairman Powell gave a speech, and it was uh, taken much more hawkishly than maybe he wanted, and that really started a lot of the market volatility. Just recently, in another speech, he toned down that rhetoric. But Jeff, you know, what should investors be on the lookout for this Wednesday? Do you think we're going to get a hike, and do you think they're going to take their foot off the pedal? What do you think? Well, they're going to try to do both, Ryan. They're going to try to uh, do what I think the market's going to call a dovish hike, where they they hike rates and then signal a slower path of future hikes. We still have right. a gap between what the Fed has said they're going to do in 2019 and what the market thinks uh, they're going to do. Right now, the um, market isn't even pricing in a full hike, one hike, in 2019. The hike this week is pretty much... Uh, a lock, it seems. Next year, uh, clearly, uh, the market's saying pause. So we think we're going to get a pause, probably get a couple hikes uh, throughout the year, but uh, it's not necessarily going to come uh, in the first half, uh, which was the, the pattern, of course, in 2018 when we got the four hikes over the four quarters. That's right. You know, it wasn't that long ago earlier this year where most people were saying, you know, three, maybe four hikes in 2019. One of our stances here at LPL Research, and we dive more into it in our recently released Outlook, we didn't think there'd be quite that many hikes, and now we're kind of getting to that point. So Wednesday's clearly a big day. It's also a day, I guess, to think back to you know where where we were three years ago with you know ZERP zero interest rates, and um, now we're obviously much higher. At the same time, Jeff, you know it's important to note. So interest rates, you know, going to be up between two and a quarter and two and a half, I guess, uh, the Fed fund rate, I guess, the Fed effective funds rate after potentially this interest rate hike. But that's pretty much what inflation is, right? So real effective Fed funds rate, so take out inflation, has gently gone positive. But, you know, historically speaking, we've seen the real Fed's funds rate significantly higher, you know, up around 2 3 4% or so before potential recession. So that's just another way to look at things um, that, you know, maybe there's still more room for a little more rate hikes, but also we're still a ways away from a potential a recession in 2019. What do you think about the real rate hikes here, a real effective Fed funds rate here, Jeff? Yeah, certainly um, uh, quantitative easing from the Fed has made this environment different. But uh, nonetheless, for the Fed to be uh, at the point where they have over-tightened, which is what folks are worried about, right? When we say right. Fed policy mistake, uh, that's essentially over-tightening, you know, causing disruption in markets and potentially even uh, recession. So uh, given that we are only just now eclipsing infl inflation with the Fed funds rate, we think we've got a little bit uh, more room to go. Uh, I'm also comforted by the fact that Powell is, is a, a market guy. You know, he's probably our most 
market-savvy Fed chairman we've had in four decades. And so um, uh, I think he's going to be real careful, and the Fed in general is going to be real careful uh, next year about how quickly uh, they hike, because um, you know, inflation expectations are really barely higher here. Certainly uh, now that we're very close to what I think we would all agree is a neutral rate, it, it, it's tough to go much further than that when you have um, some of these risks out of here. Uh, China and Europe slowing is certainly a big one, um, and the trade dispute. So maybe as these things get cleared up, growth overseas stabilizes, we get some sort of agreement with China, you could more easily justify uh, another hike. But, boy, it's really hard, I think, at this point uh, to justify more than, let's say, one in December and then two next year. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Let's shift gears, Jeff, for a second. Then, so that's the U.S. What's going on? Obviously, you're a portfolio manager on our team, a market strategist on our team. You're the earnings guy, but you also are a global macro thinker. So, Jeff, let's focus on Brexit here. Um, you know, last week the U.K.'s divorce proceedings, as I guess we call it, from the EU, were in the spotlight again after U.K. Prime Minister Theresa May had a no-confidence vote in Parliament following her failure to secure the necessary votes to win approval for the deal she negotiated with EU officials. So she survived the vote. Um, you know, what What should we take away from the big headlines regarding Brexit, you know, hard Brexit, soft Brexit? First off, what do those really mean, and what do you think it means for markets, Jeff? Boy, tough tough question to answer. This is so messy. I'm giving you the uh, easy ones this week. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah they, they can't questions. solve it, right? So I'm asking you to solve it in about two minutes. So go ahead and solve it for us. Right. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, so I, I don't know what's, what's tougher to, to dissect the Brexit situation or, or provide legal analysis on the Affordable Care Act, which is back in the news. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I think on, on Brexit, the most important thing to focus on is trade with, between the U.K. and Europe. Mm -hmm. And if, if trade is, is shut off or, or significantly impaired, which is what would happen in a hard Brexit, basically the, the U.K. separating from, uh, from Europe, from the EU, with no deal in place, uh, no trade deal, it's, it kind of rhymes with the situation that we've been dealing with uh, in, in the U.S. with, with um, NAFTA 2.0 and all of that, uh, no trade would be bad. I mean, it's, it's clear how much the market's worried about trade between the U.S. and China getting you know, largely shut off or impaired. I think you can view this Brexit situation similarly. And, uh, you know, EU and Brexit are big traders, <laughs> the biggest trading partners for each. If, if they don't come to some sort of an agreement, either uh, going back to the way things were with a second referendum, that's actually gaining some steam here. I yes, think it is. The betting odds, uh, some of the betting sites are saying that that's more likely than not. That's a possibility that we go back to the way things were. And then the other possibility is somehow Theresa May can come up with a, a different version of compromise. That her first cut at it hasn't worked. Uh, but she can come up with some sort of different version, and as the clock ticks, they put more pressure on all parties involved because the deadline's in March. Maybe the passing of days will help us get to uh, some sort of um, soft Brexit, and uh, and you won't see much, if any, economic impairment uh, as a result. Right, no, that makes sense. Obviously, you know, hard Brexit, soft Brexit, you know, it does appear. 
potentially a soft Brexit type of uh, deal could be more in play um, here and now for for what's going on. But let's take a look at China, Jeff. We've already touched on it a second ago. I love that you mentioned you know Chinese GDP was up eight nine percent. Now it's down five or six percent. But you know last week they had some more weak ish economic data on industrial data and some retail sales number that came in a little weak. You know we always kind of it's tough to necessarily trust the majority of the economic data that we do see out of China. One thing that really caught my attention, though, is car sales, because that's coming from a third party, so to speak. So car sales in the in, in the fall in China had one of their largest drops since the financial crisis. So they're not really buying cars like they were. We could trust that data. you know. But again, China's still growing, right? So what should we take away from the recent or the continual, I guess we'll say, a weakness in the Chinese economy, and then obviously it's spilling into Chinese equity markets as well. What do you think about China here, Jeff? Yeah, well, they're well. For, first, Ryan, let me clarify. You know, the numbers are thrown out. So, mm-hmm. uh, you talked about reliable Chinese data. Based on the reliable data that we have, uh, and the third parties that are measuring actual economic activity on the ground that you can see, or in the water that you can see. Yeah. Uh, most think that the economy there is growing at about you know five five and a half percent, but their official GDP reports are six to six and a half. Right, consensus this year is about six and a half. The government told us that's what it was going to be, and that's what it's going to be. And then 2019 consensus is six point two, so a little bit of a slowdown. So they're slowing, but that's still solid growth. Uh, the the government's engineering the slowdown. They want to take some of the froth out. You know, they've got sort of potential bubbles in credit markets. And, and things, um, and they're transitioning from a manufacturing economy to a service economy, and that certainly has implications for um, you know hard assets, uh, commodities, and, and, and industrial equipment, and things like that. So that that transition's been happening and and continues to happen. So th- those factors together point to just slower growth. Emerging market earnings are still expected to grow based on um, facts at consensus around 10% next year, which is probably going to be faster than what we see in the U.S. We're expecting 6 to 7 in the U.S. You'll see that in our 2019 Outlook publication. So uh, we still think there's more than enough growth. They have good demographics, uh, more than enough growth over there uh, to generate good earnings growth, and emerging markets are still very, very cheap, we think. Uh, Too cheap, especially relative to developed markets. No, that's right. You know, obviously some of the models that we run here at LPR Research, along with what we've been writing and saying, and then like Jeff just said, the 2019 outlook, emerging markets are an area we continue to think are relatively cheap. They're still growing fast. I've said this uh, stat before, but it's one I always remembered. A billion smartphones were sold this year in 2018 or anticipated to be sold in 2018. 70% of them are going to be sold in emerging markets. So you think about something like that. There's a lot of room, um, a lot of room for some significant, significant growth there. So, Jeff, I think we've only got about two or three more minutes. So let's maybe wrap it up with our last thing we wanted to talk about: potentially a government shutdown. Now, I'll go with the stats, and you can dive a little more into it, Jeff. Um, you know, I looked at it the last five times we had a government shutdown. S and P gained. You know, you go back in history, go back to the mid 1970s. Median return on the S and P is pretty much flat during a government shutdown. So markets tend to take it in stride, is what history would tell us at least. Um, the one thing that caught me, I thought December shutdowns would be rare. I don't know why. I just kind of did December. It didn't make sense to shut down. But hey, we've had a couple of government shutdowns in December, so that right there is very 
is possible. Um, and again, it could happen midnight Friday. So Jeff, first off, do you think we're going to see one? But even if we do, you mentioned something on the morning call that was interesting. It's not the whole government is shutting down. It's just a small part of it. So what do you think about the shutdown here, Jeff, or potential shutdown, I should say? I don't think this is really a big deal at all. It's a, a lot of political theater. You know, you just mentioned one of the reasons that the stock market typically uh, doesn't care basically takes it in stride, and, and they, they get resolved, <laughs> right, all of them, uh, eventually. So, you know, maybe it'll be uh, a day or two. We've seen that in recent years. Maybe it'll be a couple weeks. Hope hope not, but that's possible. E- even if it is on the longer end of what you tend to see, you know, border wall funding is the key sticking point here. Yes. Even if it's longer than we typically see, it's only about 3% or so of the government, I think, that would actually uh, shut down. So and then the um, certainly uh, the the areas that are um, more more critical to the country operating are are going to remain open. So it's just um, it, again, it's really a lot of political posturing and not much uh, real impact. Yeah, you know the other thing I guess I was thinking about to really sum up I guess kind of how politics have divided the country. Jeff, should we get a shutdown uh, later this week? It'd actually be the third government shutdown this year. Remember we had one in January. For a couple of days, and February for like I don't know, a couple hours or so, and now this could be the third one. But still, you got to go back to 1977, the last time we saw three separate government shutdowns during one calendar year. So again, history would say it's not going to be much for the economy. It's probably not going to be much for the stock market. But still, you know, it's been a long time since we've got three shutdowns in one year. So that's just something kind of the I guess I just storing in the back of my head to really. Hammer home just kind of how divided a lot of things are right now. So, Jeff, I'll let you um, say a few words and I'll officially sign us off. But, Jeff, I had a lot of fun. Um, it's a good time as always. And, you know, you can go ahead and say a few words here. First, remind folks take a look at our 2019 outlook. We're really proud of it and uh, think it's going to be very helpful, especially for, um, you know, all of you trying to manage through this volatility. Again, focus on fundamentals and, and then. Lastly, I'll just say let's hope for a Santa Claus rally you know, after this last, uh, call it six trading days. Uh, hoping that uh, stocks turn around here soon. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us. We hope everyone enjoyed the latest edition of the Market Signals podcast. Well, that's it for this episode. Join us next week when we'll continue to analyze and discuss market signals. Stay connected by following us on Twitter, at LPL, or at LPL Research. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. LPL Market Signals is presented and produced by LPL Financial. I'm John Lynch. And I'm Ryan Dietrich. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or to construed as providing specific investment advice or recommendations for any individual security. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. This research material was prepared by LPL Financial, LLC, securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, and SIPC. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered independent investment advisor, please note that LPL Financial is not an affiliate of and makes no representation with respect to such entity. 
The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured deposits and are not FDIC, NCUA insured. These products are not bank credit union obligations and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by any bank, credit union, or any government agency. The value of this investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible.